Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and joining me for the first time in a while, actually. It's entirely my fault that he's not been here for a while, but it's nice to have you back, my friend. Uh, joining me is Eric Cole. What's up, man? Hey, man. I was here I was here for episode 100. I mean, it's only what? That's like a month, man. It's a long time. I mean, I guess for me, it's kind of a long time, but, yeah. you know, I mean, there's we've, we've had a lot going on, and, you know, you had... Ben and then Scott. I mean, you know, you're, you've got you've had some people. You had things going on. I'm 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 just here when you need me, and I'm happy to be here now. <laughs> uh, you're my, you're actually my boss now, which we could talk about or probably not talk about. But it's that it's what happens. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I guess you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not really sure what has, what changes. I mean, like you know, you 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 do good stuff. I'll 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 try to do good stuff, and you know, you know, when you need me, I come I pop in. I mean, I don't think I'm like going to get like a a whip or anything be like you, you should know, you should have like, a whip <laughs> i mean or, or do, do only the uh, minor league guys experience your whip more than anything i feel like i, I very rarely every <laughs> once in a while when, when it's prospectless time i'm a lot more I'm like okay this needs to get done now but beyond that you know i mean the all the all the guys are really like self-motivated i don't really have to do much to be honest with you yes but, it's, it's you the know. best thing about our site is that people <laughs> want to do stuff which is good yeah, um, uh, I did. I did ask for like one of those like uh, those those like sheriff gold stars for like a deputy thing. Oh yeah, That's but uh, uh, still negotiations for that. But you know, other than that, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't. Really, it really doesn't really change much from the day to day stuff. I just have a different title these days. Absolutely, uh, and uh, we can we can actually talk some brave stuff. Obviously, that's what we're going to be here to do. And uh, amusingly, I wanted to start with your Ronald Acuna Hatgate because um, yes, this all hit after I did the podcast last week with Ben. So. Uh, it's all new, even though it's not new to anybody else anymore. I've not addressed it in audio form. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed. There was the initial report that was out there that spurred a lot of uh, interesting reaction. And then there's been some walking back um, on the Brave side to like, sort of damper it down and say it wasn't a big deal, all this fun stuff. Where are you at with Ronald Acuna Hatgate? And by the way, I hate using the word, I hate, I hate using the gate uh, thing because it's not actually what it should be. Watergate was a hotel. Uh, or <laughs> but I still I still think it's that, hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, go, just go. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to tee you up and say go. Okay, so the initial reactions I sort of understood because this started from a Mark Bowman article, which for about two paragraphs made it sound like the Braves had sat Ronald Acuna down and were like, "The way you act and dress is not the Braves' way, and you need to alter your behavior and alter the way you dress." And that's just not what happened. And like, just kind of once I like kind of that initial reaction of like, really, is this what we're talking about? I'm like, I don't think this is any different from what any rookie or any baseball player for the Braves or a lot of teams, 
you know, have, like have to put up with in terms of like dress code things and things like that. It didn't make much sense that he was being targeted for it. But I think a lot of people took it that way, and I could see from a reading of it why they thought that. Like, you know, like this is something that the Braves are actually devoting time and effort and attention to. Now, do I think the policy of, you know, make sure that you're wearing your hat in a certain way and you wear your uniform a certain way, are those things silly? Yes, I do think those things are silly. But I don't really care all that much either if they're like, hey, can, you know, until you establish yourself and you're in the majors, please, you know, just wear your uniform this way for whatever reason, whether it be because they're, you know, photographers are taking certain types of pictures for baseball cards or whatever. They, they, they want the Braves to look a certain way or that's just what they want to do. I, I don't I think it's kind of dumb, but I also don't really care all that much unless like they're specifically targeting players. If they're saying everybody, please do this. I mean, that's not dissimilar from what the Yankees do. It's what the Reds have done in the past. I actually talked to DB about this earlier today. And, you know, like the DB, I mean, with the Reds and the Marlins and the Yankees, these are all things that have existed for a long time. And if these are team policies for all their players, yes, I think they're silly. But at the same time, I don't think it's something that I care too much about, if it's if, if that's what it is. Now, if they're targeting Ronald Acuna and being like, hey, listen, you're being too flamboyant out there, and we don't want you wearing your hat that way, and this is what – then I have more problems with that. But I also don't think the Braves are going to care all that much at all. If Acuna is on the major league roster and he's you know, doing what he can do and what we hope he will do, I don't care. I don't think they're going to care. He's wearing you know, a gold chain and has the, the top button unbuttoned and is wearing his hat slightly crooked. I think that they're going to care that they have more wins than the – more wins in the column than they had before. So I guess the short answer to the question is I, I understand if the worst case scenario of what everyone was talking about is true, then I don't really like that, but I just don't think it is. And it's kind it's, I've heard Grant, you know, Macaulay say this and other people say, it. I think it's just kind of a non story that kind of got people really amped up for no reason. But at the same time, I do think that the policy is kind of silly. Yeah. I, I was, one of the people that was worked up when I first saw it, and I, I will say just like just like you did the uh, the original um, piece, and I, I, this is not a shot at Mark Bowman, who I, I who I enjoy greatly, but uh, I think it was a little bit stronger than it I guess it's proven to be. Uh, I will say that I'm not around them, I'm not been in spring, so I think there's a little bit of backpedaling happening from the Braves, just a little from where I'm standing. But I understand that they they don't they do not want it out there that they are you know targeting their number one prospect and, and, and the way he wears his hat, I don't think. That's not something that looks, makes the organization look great. And uh, the, young, the younger crowd, um, of which I think you and I are still included in, uh, at least barely, um, I mean, I love that. I, I'm, so, young at, I'm young at heart. Yeah. I, th- um, I feel like that's the important thing. I mean, I, I'm in my 30s, but I'm, in my, I'm still a millennial technically, so I guess I count as a younger crowd. Um, but regardless, I, I don't think it's great. I don't think the policy is really a thing that should be happening. But, I mean, for years – the Yankees have gotten away with making guys shave and do their hair in certain ways and stuff. They've gotten away with that with, with very little blowback. I think if the Braves uh, hadn't just gone through the massive scandal they went through uh, and the quote Braves way hadn't imploded on itself, they probably would have gotten a little bit less reaction. That's my I, re- I, re- I really hate that phrase. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, mean, that, I really do. But I, mean, I think part of it is that because and I agree with you, I hate that way as well. I hate that phrase as well. Um, I think this hitting just a few months after that makes them look even sillier um, in a lot of ways. And that's, that's probably nitpicking, and that's what we do on this podcast is nitpick because it's a, an entire podcast about one professional baseball team. But Exactly, sure. Yeah, I, I think it's silly, and it's, it was not a great look, I will say. Even if it was not as severe as the original reporting and the original reactions were, 
uh, it's just not something you need to be dealing oh, with. Oh, the take so the takes were hot. They were. Sure. They were really mad people. And I mean, like I said, if it, if it and the article did make it kind of sound like they they had literally sat Acuna down. Well, like, that was where I was. I mean, my reaction was because of the original article, and that was before all the clarifications. And I was reacting to the original article. And if it had been that, if they had really just sat him down individually and done this, I would have been. I mean, mad's the wrong word, but that would have bothered me quite a bit. Um, in the aftermath, I'm less bothered now having read everything else that's been out there and hearing, hearing more of the quotes. You know, again, some of that's probably spin, but it doesn't seem like that they actually just sat Ronald Acuna down and said, you alone will be the, to- the, the, the target of this policy or anything like that. So it's not quite as hard as that. And as a result, I've uh, softened a little, a little bit on my reaction. Yeah, Braves Twitter and Braves social media in general has just kind of been they they have like a real quick trigger right now. Uh, the, the the revenue story, uh, which I guess we're going to be talking about next, is, oh, yeah. was another one that like everyone got mad about. I'm like, I don't know if you fully understand kind of what that article was about. I mean, because there's a lot of like financial stuff in it, and it's like it's not just like the revenue, but everyone got really mad like that they hadn't increased their payroll. They weren't able to sign like you Darvish and Jerry Garrietta this off season. Well, here's the thing about that. Let's talk about it now. Um, yeah, there was the the original piece that basically um, I believe used the word astounding um, when it came to a revenue it, increase. It, it did say that, yeah. Uh, that Liberty Media enjoyed, and of course they spent they're spending less money right now than they were last year on players. Uh, so the again, it's, this is this is more of an optics thing than anything else. I agree with you. It's certainly more nuanced to what's taking place. And frankly, you know, them spending a ton of money this year didn't make a whole lot of sense. I've been saying that for two years that this was not going to be something that. You know, a 2018 was not necessarily going to be a massive spending spree. Um, with that said, it's just the optics of it all. Um, not not investing in a couple of different ways that they probably could have invested. Uh, all that stuff. I think it's it's certainly more of this was even more silly. I think actually, um, I do. And I, I made the joke. I mean, I got I got the joke off um, immediately when I saw that about you know how they you know the payroll and kind of looking at the payroll and seeing how it wasn't significant. Uh, that was always going to happen, frankly, when they got the new ballpark. They were going to make more money. That's what happens when you get a new ballpark. Um, if they didn't, that would be a reason to be upset yeah, and, and the thing, concerned. The, the thing about it is, like, they don't have to spend – I mean, if, I'll say this. If they, if they have the same payroll in 2019, people can get – people people can and will be upset, including yes. If they run oh. this If they run the same, this same payroll out, I'm going to be not pleased. And a lot of people will not be pleased as well. But for 2018, there was only so much they – I mean, honestly, if they spent $21 million, they weren't going to be a contender. So, like, what are we doing here? Well, see, my – like, I, I agree with I agree with that general sentiment, right? But the first thing is is that, what, the revenues were up like $143 million, I think is what the, end up, the, the number ended up being, something like that. But their, their debts and the, like – Operating expenses went up a bunch too because there's the battery to operate and there's also like a brand new ballpark that they're having to like pay down, you know, pay down debt on and things like that. Just because that's what happens when you build a big giant facility, there's just more operating expenses and money. You have you have to make these payments. You have to, you know, you have to pay down debt. You can't just be like, okay, we're just going to pocket all this money and then, you know, this debt that that is required to, you have to take on to build this mixed use facility. You can't just not do anything about that, and that can't be in your financials. If there was the biggest problem that could have happened is if like a financial statement came out that revenues did not go up as much as expected, and there was still going to be these operating expenses and debt that we knew about ahead of time because that signals a long-term problem in terms of how much revenue is coming in. 
What you want as a Braves fan is there for the revenue there now, so that way when this debt is paid down and they kind of you know fine tune the operating expenses and they kind of figure out exactly you know, things like simple things like staffing and things like that. You you want them to kind of like nor- that that to normalize where it's not quite as expensive to run the facility, it's not quite as expensive to pay down the debt, and they're getting that paid off quickly. Then that revenue is more easily reinvested into things like payroll. I would have been much more upset for like yeah, we really didn't make as much money as we were, we were thinking we were going to make from this new mixed use facility and with you know increased ticket sales et cetera et cetera. We got the good part. The other part was a known commodity, but everyone got really upset because like they just forgot that you know this debt part existed. Um, the other problem I have is I don't really like this free agent class. I mean Mike Mustakis, I you know he's fine. You know I'm sure a lot of people want the Braves to sign him, but I mean there's. It's not like the Braves are the only ones standing pat this offseason. I don't know if you're aware, but there's basically like a pretty good baseball team that could be fielded right now of free agents that are just having to practice by themselves down in Florida because there's they're not signed yet. It's there's there's and there's a lot of reasons why I'm, I'm sure that's been we've we've touched on that and other people have touched on that as to why these free agents aren't getting signed and there's a lot of weird things happening in terms of the free agent market now. I'm just not that thrilled about it. I mean, I, the the best players were probably you Darvish and. Jake Arrieta and both those guys are going to be kind of on the wrong side of 30 and are looking for big contracts. There's J- the J.D. Martinez deal where he got a bunch of money from Boston and he kind of has his own warts too in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of Scott Boris clients, which kind of complicates everything all together. This isn't a free agent class I was super interested in anyway. I mean, the, the one guy that people kind of really wanted was Mike Moustakis or to a lesser extent Todd Frazier. And I'm not sure that the Braves didn't make a better offer to Frazier but unfortunately, he wanted to stay around New York City because that's where he lives. That's where his family's from. That's where he wants to stay. And what I think it was very likely that he was just going to stay there regardless of how much money the Braves were going to offer him or any other team for that matter. So I don't think this is a case of the Braves and just not wanting to spend. I think that they decided that the best thing they could do is to get Matt Kemp's money off the payroll, off their payroll, take on this this 2018 money with Brendan McCarthy and Sean Casimir. And the Adrian Gonzalez deal, just to put that money on their payroll, and that way the next free agent class, which is miles better, as for as of now, I don't mean there's extensions could still be signed, I guess, but once that happens, if they're not players in that market where there's a ton of good players, they have a bunch of free money, and they still don't spend it, feel free to be upset because that that is the stated reason as to why that they made the moves that they did, but. As of now, I mean, I wasn't super interested in participating in this free agent market anyway, and that seemed to be a general consensus that, yeah, this market isn't great, not sure why you'd want to deal with it anyway. But as the offseason went on, people became more and more impatient, and you're kind of seeing a lot of that now. And I'm just – I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the state of the, pay, the payroll and what they're, what they're doing right now. But you know, when the, tw- the next offseason comes around and that they're still being quiet not doing much with trades or free agents, then my opinion will change drastically. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, people get impatient, and that, that was always. I think we talked about it probably in like October, November. Like, just wait till March, and everybody will be furious that they didn't spend money, and they didn't spend any money. Uh, granted, I would. I, def- I thought that they would probably sign someone, <laughs> and then they didn't do that, which makes it I, I think more understandable that the fan base got a little bit in, uh, antsy. But the fact they didn't sign a single major league free agent is interesting in a lot of ways. Um, well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, how many how many teams in Major League Baseball have signed a major? Oh, major I'm with you. Not that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not like, like like no one. I mean, like the Twins. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. I, as you said, I'm with you. I, I think it's totally fine to not uh, want to invest a lot of money in Mike Mustakis or somebody of that ilk. Like, it's totally fine. Maybe the market's not there, and 
I, I get it. Um, you don't want to overpay. I would be, I, I'm, I'd be much more upset if they, if they signed a bad long-term contract right now than, than I am that they didn't do anything. Hard so, agree. Hard yeah, agree. We can get off that. I just wanted to at least bring it up because uh, people were upset and met online, and here we are. Yep. Uh, all right, let's get into some actual stuff. Uh, quickly, if we want to run through this, I'm not sure if you even have a take on it or not, but MLB Pipeline released their uh, farm rankings this week. The Braves are number two on the list, which to my untrained eye seems fine, but maybe you have a hot take and I don't realize it. Um, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I, I do think that the Braves are the number one farm system uh, just because I, I'm more comfortable in the top-end talent that the Braves have versus a lot of the, the talent that the Padres have is, is pretty far away. But Fernando Tatis Jr. and Mackenzie Gore are both really, really good. Uh, you're talking, those are two guys who are potential like number one prospect candidates soon. So, I mean, they, they, they have arguably as much depth as the Braves have. They have a ton of pitching depth. They have some really good position prospects, too. That, if Those are the two teams that whoever you have one or two, I'm completely fine with. Uh, I would have had more problems if they had put the White Sox in, like, at number one or something like that just because they have, like, two top ten guys, but maybe nothing else after that, uh, or at least not, not much that I'm particularly excited about. But that, it's th- those both are very, very good farm systems. Uh, it's also worth noting that the Braves are number one on most other rankings, and I think that if you ask those other publications, they would probably say, "Yeah, those are." I mean, you're, you're that's the tier. It's the Braves and the Padres, and probably after that, it's the, like the White Sox and the Yankees and a few other systems. But overall, I'm 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 fine with the list. I don't think I don't think there was a big a huge difference between the two, and it just comes down to how much you believe in those younger guys. If you really think that Mackenzie Gore and Fernando Tatis and some of those guys further down their list are going to be really good, then I, I, I can respect that evaluation. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having the second-best farm system in baseball. Nothing. I think you uh, just nailed all, everything that I would say. I think you know, getting mad about number, being number two is uh, rather silly, so we'll just, we'll just leave it there. Uh, one quickly before we get into the bullpen stuff that I want to talk about, the, uh, the bullpen sort of on an in-depth basis on this week's show, but uh, Luis Johara, a little bit of an update. He is uh, scheduled apparently to throw some live batting practice on, starting on Monday, and then he could be cleared for a start. Uh, all indications are he will not be in the rotation on opening day, but the Braves don't need a uh, fifth starter until like April 12th or something like that. I think. Yeah, that's so the date I heard too. Yeah, that's the date I heard too. There's plenty of time if he needs to uh, do that. Is anything trouble you about that? I think you know. I said on last week's show with Ben Deronio that you know none of this doesn't really bother me. It's just one of those things where as long as he's okay in the near future. I'm not at all worried because, you know, if anything, I'm sure they, they probably didn't want to have him in the rotation from opening day till the very end because just if, if nothing else, you're talking about endings for a young guy. And yep. if you don't need a fifth starter, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think they're probably going to try to limit his innings anyway. Um, and, you know, it, you don't want a, a, a injury in spring to linger forever just because you want him there in that first, that first pass through the rotation or something like that. That's silly. You know, he's a really talented pitcher taking it easy and this is a guy that's like not i wouldn't necessarily call like the pillar of athleticism um so you kind of want to just kind of make sure that he's good to go and has plenty of time finely tuned machine eric come on Uh, well i mean (laughs) i guess we could talk about you know what kind of machine he's a pitching machine he 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 throws really hard and his slider is awesome but i mean i'm 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 not sure if i'd like you know put him as the most athletic player on the braves but i certainly want him pitching for us and i want him to have be completely right doing it uh, and you know things like groin, like groin injuries, back injuries, hamstring, and stuff like that. Let those heal because we've seen injuries in spring like linger until like midsummer just because they want to get them back on the mound. I'm perfectly fine with them going slow with going slow with Gohara and just making sure that he's he's good to go uh, and and healthy. That there's, there's no reason to rush. 
you know, his for his the first his first start's probably going to be a pretty short one. Just to, again, just just take your time. It's spring. The the goal is to get them ready for whenever ready for whenever whenever they can be ready. And since there's no real rush on it, given the state of the off days early on in the season, then just take your time. It, I'm I'm fine with it, and I'm I I feel reasonably confident that he'll he'll be healthy because it's not it's not something like a shoulder or an elbow. Uh, you know, it's it's a groin injury, and those those things happen because they're athletes and they're out there. You know, <laughs> you know, doing a lot with their bodies in the you know the hot Florida sun. Those those things happen. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried either. It's just uh, an update that's out there because he was he's he's really the only uh, lingering injury that's really been discussed a whole lot. And obviously, you know, he's a, he's a he's a he's a, he's a, he's a top tier prospect. So every reason to be uh, closely monitoring him, but uh, no real reason for concern just yet that we can see. Um, I guess let's move on to the bullpen. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be, we're going to be previewing one part of the team uh, on an in-depth basis uh, on every show, and we're going to start off with the bullpen here. Uh, sort of fittingly, there was the first uh, major roster uh, roster cuts, I should say, uh, actually happened on Sunday. The Braves optioned Jason Hirsch and Akil Morris to Triple A Gwinnett, and they, and they also sent Kyle Wright to minor league camp, which is not a big surprise at all with Wright because he's so young. But uh, Hirsch and Morris uh, away, I think you know Morris is probably the headliner there. But uh, we can start with that just as a news item. Does that surprise you at all? I guess it's, it seems fairly early, especially with Morris not being there, but maybe I'm crazy. The Braves just do not seem to like him very much. and I'm, I, Everybody I'm else kind does of, except for them. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of – I mean, and I don't have any – Unique insight here. I really like Akil's changeup. I think that he's an interesting sort of change of change of pace sort of re- reliever to have come out. And his track record in the minors is good. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that Jason Hurst got got option because yes. he's been getting he's been getting shelled for three years now. Yeah, he's um, not, uh, he's uh, uh, and Kyle Wright getting assigned to minor league camp. You know, this was like his first invitation to, to big league camp, and he wasn't ever going to make the major league roster. They might have things they want him to work on the backfields, or they might want to kind of get him slid into a certain type of program or something like that. So again, it's not surprising that he gets more. I was pretty surprised that Morris got got the quick hook, but you know that that. Isn't real that that is kind of the trend of what's been happening with him. You just keep thinking like, eventually they're going to bring him up and he could be an interesting bullpen piece. And they just like even when they brought him up, they haven't used him very much. And I don't know. I, it's it's kind of hard to understand, but it's been consistent enough where maybe there's something we don't know, or maybe there's you know either something about him or something about his stuff or or whatever that we're we're not seeing and the Braves feel strongly about that they're not like willing to pull the trigger and really kind of give him a real push for a bullpen spot, but. You know, it, it it kind of it's kind of one of those it is what it is type things. Uh, right now, uh, I don't, I don't, I I personally would have given him a longer look, just because the bullpen was so bad last year, and he's an interesting arm that could that has some upside. But you know, again, this is this is this is in line with kind of how they used him and treated him last year or two. So yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, but again, the Hirsch thing, I don't. I mean, he had like two outings in spring, and they were both really bad. And he's he's really just, you know, for a guy who can, you know, was a, co- a polished college pitcher with relatively decent stuff, despite the the history with Tommy John or whatever. He's he's very hittable, and he got hit. You know, he yeah, that's, he, he, that's, he both got uh, he both got unlucky and was also had very, very hittable. Yeah, so those are those are that is a very poor combination. So yeah, um, I mean, I, I, for, I don't, I don't, I don't envision him getting much look, many more looks. So no, I think it's the, the leash is quite short there. Uh, as for Morris, I was surprised by the timing. I think you know, it's not like he was a lock for the bullpen this and the and on opening day, but 
uh, having him not be around and already make that decision in you know in early March is a little bit jarring. You know, he was pretty interesting when he came up. It's a very small sample, but looked okay last year in Atlanta and then in AAA was reasonably solid. He has some control issues that you would say, but you know, high and strikeout arm and has talent. He's 25, is not which isn't that crazy young. Um, so yeah, I don't really. I mean, I feel like as you kind of mentioned, everybody yeah. that likes the everybody that watches this team and uh, it's always been really intrigued by him. But apparently, the Braves aren't. I don't know. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's also worth knowing. I'm pretty sure both these guys have options. And yes. We, there, was, there was something that came out that you know the Braves are going to kind of give looks to guys who don't necessarily have options more than guys who do. Which that that would be part of an explanation. I'm not sure, sure. if that's all of it in Morris's case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not. Again, this is not something to get super upset about. I, I think we'll probably see Akil North at some point this year, uh, as, long, as long as he's good in Gwinnett. But I just was a little bit stunned by the earliness of that. In fact, like I think I would have projected him to be in the bullpen if I had to. Like if we did this podcast two days ago, I think I might have actually said maybe he's the last guy they keep. Um, apparently, that was not close to being true. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's just go through the bullpen here. We'll start with the uh, the easy uh, sort of lock guys, and that's Arroyo Fiscaino is going to open as the closer by all indications. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week with Ben, um, but I mean, no matter how you feel about the closer role existing, uh, Brian Sticker seems to want to use it in the traditional sense that we see always has since he's been the manager. So uh, let's talk about Arroyos a little bit. What do you expect from him this year? He's been really good most of the time when he's been healthy. There was injury stuff, and he's, you know, I think he's probably a, 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 probably a trade candidate this year if I have to say something about him other than the, the fact that he's pretty good at pitching when he's actually healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think he is. Pretty good to pretty good to really good is kind of the range he generally falls in. Uh, staying healthy is going to be the biggest thing. They 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 have really used him a lot well, when he is healthy. So it's that's something to kind of monitor, especially if he, if his usage is kind of going down. You wonder if maybe he has some like lingering injury stuff. He you know has had Tommy John. He's but he he's certainly missed time before. But when he's been pitching, I mean, he's he's a very solid to good bullpen piece. And using him, I mean, the the closer role. I mean, these days you just kind of want your best reliever late going against the best hitters and you know making it work. But I, I tend to agree that he could be very easily be a trade candidate. I know he's been kind of targeted in trades in the past, and with the Braves having AJ Minter right there, assuming AJ is healthy and good to go, I mean, he's been really good this. I mean, AJ's been really good this spring, and this is a kind of a guy that could ultimately see himself as being replaceable, but maybe could actually garner a decent return, especially if the Braves start getting active on the trade market, which is possible once the, the Braves get a good handle of what their assets are and what Anthopolis, who they who he wants to keep and who he doesn't, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that he's definitely a guy that could kind of be flipped for an asset uh, later on. And, you know, you'd still have a guy like A.J. Minter who could just slide right into that role. Yeah, I've thought a few times in the past that this guy was a pretty easy trade candidate, and the, and the Braves never done it to this point. So we'll see if they actually do. He's pitching well this year, but I think uh, if anything, you know, he'll be. They're going to start paying him pretty soon, which you don't probably want to do necessarily with his history. Not that he's not, again, he's been good when he pitches, but uh, not always the most durable guy in the world. So you know, we'll keep somebody to keep an eye on in the future. Obviously, he's going to be uh, around prominently to start the season. Uh, you mentioned Minter. You know, people, you know, with with and with, with good reason are really excited about AJ Minter. Do you think he's a future closer candidate? Again, closer in quotation marks, but the fact that he's left handed people will scare some people away. I think he's you know, his stuff's obviously awesome, but by the end of this year, if this if Viscaino wasn't there, do you think that's he's probably the logical candidate to keep to claim that role if they were to trade Viscaino? If he's healthy, yeah. Um I really, really like Minter. When when he's on the mound, he's fun to watch. 
He's really hard to he's really hard to 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 hit against. I mean, even as a lefty, I mean, I don't know what you do against that slider fastball combination, regardless Pray. of what. Well, yeah, I mean, if when he's on, I mean, it's not like his lefty righty splits or anything that's like particularly concerning. He just gets everyone out. He struck out a ton of batters when he, in in his first look at the major leagues, and I, I don't see them going, okay, well, I know he's going to throw, you know, this really good slider, so now I'm prepared for it. I mean, if it's a good slider, you just have to hope that he messes up because if it's really good and he's throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s with a fastball too, I mean, good luck. But the the thing is him staying healthy. He had health issues last year. He has he had Tommy John his last year in college. So it's, you know, it's something to, to monitor and keep an eye on that he – is getting out there and as his workload increases that he's holding up. Now, if he's holding up after, you know, like by mid season and he's holding up and he's, you know, keeps doing what he, what he does, then the, the idea of like trading, trading this guy, you know, makes more sense and all that other stuff. But, you know, I, I see him being able to slide into that role, assuming that he stays healthy. Uh, and I'm, 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 I would say I'm reasonably confident that he will, but relievers are a very volatile, volatile commodity, and you know we've seen good years, year or twos from relievers, and you know something happens just because that's just kind of the name of the game. Yeah, I mean you can't be overly confident, especially from a health standpoint. I think what we've seen from Minter when he's healthy and pitching is very, very impressive. And of course, you know I think Ben mentioned this last week on the pod, but uh, investing a second round pick in a guy who you knew was going to be a reliever uh, kind of tells you all you need to know about how much they think of him. Uh, obviously, it's a different regime now, but. The fact that you drafted a pure reliever in the second round is usually a good sign that you like that guy a lot as a reliever. Um, so Minter is going to be a stud if he's healthy, and we'll see if that happens. Do you think he's going to like be in a pure eighth inning role to start the season, or do you think he's going to sort of be in the mix with, with some other guys? So I think that's almost, most, almost more interesting than anything else because I think this guy you know, is going to be the ninth inning guy in April. But is Minter like a primary setup option right away if he's healthy? I don't know. It's kind of I know it's a lot of guessing game right now, but. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that Peter Moylan's going to be right there too. Oh, the, 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 the organization likes what him a lot. We, what are we doing here in 2018, where Peter Moylan Look, is right okay, there? Okay, I understand the general sentiment, but it's not like the guy didn't have a good year last year. Sure. Uh, I mean, like it's. It, I understand where you're coming from. I truly do. Like third stint, going back to like the old standby, going back he's to Peter 30, Moylan. He's 39 years old. I, I understand, and. I, I respect that point of view, but that doesn't mean that he was like, fine. Yeah, they're he, right. Yeah, right. He, 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 he like led the American League in appearances last year. Now, whether or not that's a wise thing to do with a guy who has multiple, multiple Tommy John surgeries on, under his belt, is a, whether or not that was a wise idea, is a completely different question. But ultimately, he held up, and he pitched pretty well. I mean, he, was, he, was, he, was, he would have been the best reliever on the Braves team last year. Um, I, I'm pretty sure in terms of war, I'd have to, I'd have not, to look at Not a high bar to clear, but yes, that, that, might, that might be yeah. true. He, he, I mean, if he and Minter have kind of like, you know, like kind of share setup duties, kind of depending on what's going on in the lineup and, you know, who's gotten rest and who hasn't, I'm, I'm not going to like riot. Um, I, is Moylan the most exciting option? No, but I understand it because it's not like he wasn't good last, last year. Is there risk with him? Absolutely. Because yeah. he's, he's missed significant time multiple times with elbow troubles. And, you know, with that, with that, you know, the Submariner reliever, you know, you know, you know, uh, with that with that delivery of his, it kind of you're just kind of waiting for something bad to happen. But ultimately, he's you know he's been around for a long time, and he he he, he it's a low risk sort of thing to try because ultimately he he has been a pretty steady presence, even if he's kind of an unexciting one. 
Yeah, I think you know him being in the bullpen is fine. I have no problem with that. I, I will. I really hope Snit does not think he's going to be that he should be their like high leverage setup man. I would really not not, not like that very much. But it, it probably will happen because and his splits are a very real thing. That's oh a- yes, like no, he's a he's a specialist, um, yes. which is fine. And there's it's he, fine he to have specialists, but yeah, you got to have um, some aware and. My, yeah, my fear gets into it's more about how he's used, frankly, which has less to do with him and more to do with the manager, which I don't want to go down that path today. But um, yeah, Moreland's fine. Uh, I guess to that end, we should talk about who the other guys that are locks are because you know it feels like Moreland's going to be in the bullpen with you know he has a major league contract. It's non guaranteed, but you know barring injury, I think he's going to be around. So that's three. Who else do you see as locks to be in the bullpen? Because there's there's really a lot of uncertainty at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I really. Lo- I've really liked what I've seen from Yellow Gomez. He's he's looked really good. He gave up a solo homer that was kind of like a rope that just kind of barely got in the foul pole. But other than that, I mean, he's been striking out guys. He's been putting up really good results and selecting him in the Rule 5 draft. I think that the Braves had an eye on him and they really wanted to give him a shot. So I think he's a lock, or at least he's, play, he's played his way to where I would consider him to be one. Uh, I think Dan Winkler, uh, he'll, be, he'll end up being uh, in the in the bullpen as well. Beyond that, I don't know if anyone's really a lock, though, just because there's so many like very options. What comes down to is what happens with the what happens with like the last two slots, with the rotation is yeah. the kind of who goes where. Because I mean, you could see like a Max Fried or a Lucas Sims or a Matt Whistler kind of slide into the bowl. Don't, don't forget about Aaron Blair now. Come on now. Oh, oh, or Aaron Blair. I'm not sure if Aaron Blair really has kind of that stuff that plays up in the bullpen. But I mean, Blair's looked good this spring. He has so. looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's still not striking out guys, but he's not walking guys either. Which and is they've kind at least of, talked about the fact that you know he's been in that group along with Whistler of guys that they are at least going to consider putting in the bullpen. Like they're not going to just blindly send them to Gwinnett. Yeah, I mean, he'd be. I, I don't think he'd be unreasonable as like a long relief option or anything like that. And you have he, to have one. I, you would imagine. I think they're going to keep one guy that has long relief capability. Yeah, and, and and fortunately they have a ton of those. I mean, they have a ton of pitching starting pitching prospects that they yeah. could slide slide into that to get to give them some time while they kind of figure out who what they have and all that stuff. And that's going to happen, but I don't know what how that that the rotation is going to shake out. So it's kind of hard to kind of get a sense as to what that that decision will be and what they what they need in terms of you know lefties and righties and you know who has options and. You know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that decision, but ultimately, like that's I think we're kind of in the general ideas to kind of what the bullpen's going to look like, and those last few slots are just going to be kind of filling them in as needed and kind of as a result of some other decisions. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Lindgren battling elbow stuff right now. Yeah, got- yeah, he he got shut back down again, and you know, there's the guys that the Braves brought in, Josh Raven, who was not good whenever <laughs> like his last outing out. I think. What about uh, what about what about what about Sam Freeman? I, he's probably a lock. I think I, so too. I, I, yeah, I, he, he was surprisingly good last year. Uh, there were times when he really, really wasn't, but overall, he was he was a perfectly serviceable reliever. And I would that that's probably another guy that's a lock. I had forgotten about him. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I was not crazy. I, I think I probably have him as the biggest lock outside of uh, obviously this guy, you know, and Mentor if they're healthy, Moreland. And I think I think I probably have Freeman as the next guy who I would be surprised if he's not there. Um, but, you know, and, yeah, you missed, you know, Raven's been, there's been some issues. Well, Jesse Biddle has been a thing. Uh, Whitley's been around a little bit. I mean, there's got, there's a I, bunch I, of I, names. I will say about Jesse Biddle, his teammates and those in the organization really do like him a lot. He's actually had to battle through a lot to get a uh, shot at the majors. And when he's been in the minors, he, like, if you're results-oriented at all, he really does a lot of good work. Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he got a longer, better look than maybe we would think. Uh, I do not think uh, Adam McCreary, who was added to the 40-man roster, I'd, he didn't have a, he didn't have a good outing today, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be in the picture unless he really puts up some good results this year in the minors. But I don't see him making the club on opening day. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I mean, I know it's it's tough to really sort of pin this down it's, it's, in terms of like an opening day projection, especially in early March. But you want know, to at least we're not on some of the candidates to talk about it a little bit more because I think the bullpen is certainly the least sexy thing to discuss this time of year. And that is doubly true with the Braves, who don't have a ton of established names. I think if you pulled a, a casual, or even a, even a, a better-than-casual Braves fan, they could probably name you two relievers right now, and it's probably Minter and Biscayno, and that might be it. I mean, I, I mean put, and, and Moylan, I suppose, because Moylan's a bigger name because he's been around forever. But pre-Moylan, I think you would have gotten two, and now you might get three out of most people. And uh, the rest of these guys... All due respect to them, nobody's terribly exciting out of this group, even if the guys are, uh, you know, I kind of like Freeman, I kind of like Winkler, and there's there's guys that I think are solid enough. But Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's like guys like Lucas Jackson, too. Luke, sure. Uh, Luke Jackson, who kind of have been in the bullpen before, and whether or not, you know, what, what his option situation are, that matters, too. I mean, like, th- th- those are things that are going to be considered, but, uh, you know, Luke Jackson right now is supporting a spring art. Uh, spring ERA over 15, so you know it's kind of hard to get it's, it's kind of hard to get excited by him as an option too. But you yeah, know it's not going to get it done, Luke. You gotta you gotta do better than that, my friend. In March, um, yeah. So uh, I mean, aside from discussing the three and six spring training Atlanta Braves, um, not a whole lot else to get to on the bullpen. We can get in the mailbag. A couple questions that we always want to help and grab. Um, we probably won't get to all of them, but uh, first one comes from Aaron Stewart. I think this is actually pretty interesting. And he uh, simply asks, do you think the Ender NCR take could build off of, his, off of his offensive success from last year? And I think before I let you answer that, um, there's a split, I think, forming in terms of NCR take. I think everyone agrees he's good at baseball. Um, but uh, there's a difference between being good at baseball and being a good hitter. I'm, I'm still not convinced he's a good hitter. You know, he's been, he's been league average the last three years. 100 WRC plus his final year in Arizona. 97 his first year at the Braves and 100 last year. So... That's pretty much definition of league average hitter, which is, by the way, all he needs to be. But at the same time, I think there are some signs to tell you that he isn't this a huge offensive force either. So what are you expecting from him this year? I guess it's probably the easiest way to ask this question. I expect more of the same. I mean, he's a guy that will like get a bunch of hits, probably won't walk very much. Ultimately, the, some of his value is kind of a hitter is kind of tied to his base running, and if they decide that actually they want to let him run some more and things like that, then there's more value to be had there, because he's kind of a guy that you know he he really likes to like try to take extra bases on the base paths, and you know not not every time he's done that is necessarily a well advised decision. But he's also a guy that I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he had like some lingering foot injuries and stuff. So maybe he's able to stretch out you know more doubles or you know kind of make more use of his legs. But the power numbers, I need more of a track record to make me think that he's going to be kind of like a, a consistent double-digit or better home run guy. You know, there's and he's certainly hot and cold with that. I mean, like he'll have like two weeks where he hits five home runs, and then he won't hit another one for two months. So I don't know. It's I, I think he is a a fine hitter. Uh, I will take out you know offensive outbursts from him as an added bonus when I consider that he's definitely in that top tier of defensive center fielders as long as he is just a a league average or or better hitter i am ecstatic that he's a, an atlanta brave because he is really good although it's worth noting i think he only had five defensive runs saved last year which is really weird 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at his numbers defensively, like his Fangraphs numbers defensively are are not great. Not, I mean, it's not like it's bad. There's, he's still he's still above average, but it's not. He's not in the elite category according to a lot of the metrics last year. I'm well, not, to, to to some metrics, like you know, he still has really good range, and like you know, sure. he's but it's he didn't. It's like the previous year he had like 15 defensive runs saved and was like you know kind of like an all world defender and the numbers last year weren't as good and i'm not really sure what to attribute that to because the eye test is like yeah he's really good you know he, he does everything that you want him to do so i don't know it's kind of hard it's it's kind of hard to parse sometimes but i also know like defensive metrics can be a little wonky sometimes so yeah i mean i'm not worried about his defense at all no, uh, no i think the okay. offense last year i think is a reasonable baseline ish to you know 304 350 409 slash you know, four nine was a career high. It was he had four oh eight in, in Arizona his last year. That's in Arizona though at Chase Field. When so I think you know if you got what you got out of him last year, that would be a win. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what it is. I I don't think uh, Ender's not going to be necessarily ever going to be a great offensive player. He doesn't need to be again. Like I do think though, it's important to note like a lot of Ender's value in the way that we talk about him. You know, he's a good player regardless. But a lot of his value is the fact that he's wildly underpaid. So he's an even better asset than he is an actual player, um, yep. but still he's still a good player. It's just not he may not be he's not a star player though. That's something that's important to point out. He, he, it's sort of a star contract because he's because he's locked up for so long for so cheap. But from a pure production standpoint, he's a very good player, not a great player. Yeah, I mean, and I the, and he's also the kind of like super streaky player that I could see him putting together like a really good year. Right. I don't necessarily think that's going to be like 2018, but I could see him like having like a really good career year where, you know, he's like, you know, his usual defensive stuff and like kind of gets, you know, has some like bad things happen where all of a sudden he's like, you know, maybe like snags an MVP vote or two. But I don't think that's necessarily who he is as a player, as a baseline. I think he's just I think he is a good to above uh, an average to above average hitter and an extraordinarily good defender. And that is a guy that, especially given his contract, that is a guy that you want on your ball, your ball club, because that is not an easy thing to find. It is not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I like him there a lot and I will cape for him on a regular basis. I I want him to be a brave forever. I I want him to be a brave forever for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm in on, and hopefully that, hopefully that answers the uh, question to some degree and uh, we can get to the next one, um, which comes uh, from Patrick Mollett, he asks, if the Braves weren't weren't terrible when Mike Fultonavich arrived, would he already be in the bullpen, and how valuable could he be in the pen with the stuff that he has? I, I'm more interested, honestly, with the second part and how you think he would actually play in the bullpen. Uh, the first part, I think people are sort of overrating how bad he's been, quote unquote. He's not been that yeah, bad. He's, he, he's he, has not, he, he has not been he has not been that bad. The Braves have been patient with him, but I think that that's justified. And, and I don't think he's way, done, like, I, he's, he's not, basically he's, just been a league average. Four fifth starter, which is not great, but it's like he's been he's he's been a positive contributor every season. Like he's not for, especially especially for you know a guy having his first couple of years in the league. I mean that's not that's not unusual or weird. Uh, it's weird when a guy comes out of nowhere and puts together a six war season. That's like that that grabs your attention, but that's that's the exception, not the rule. You know, I don't think he's pitched. If, if the Braves were good or bad, he has not done anything to pitch his way out of a starter's role. He hasn't necessarily done anything to say he's going to be a starter forever. Uh, he could still very well slide into the bullpen at some point. If he kind of, if he's kind of like on that border, you know, like, like what you said, uh, like a fourth or a fifth starter, like a league average one right now. But, and I'm, I was pretty clear that I thought that his future was going to be in the bullpen once when I saw him in the minors, but he's made improvements and he's done a lot of things to kind of make me think that maybe he can stick. There's, there's things he has to work out in terms of, you know, consistently commanding his fastball, 
and, you know, changing speeds with that, you know, consistently finding strike, the strike zone with his breaking ball, and you know, consistently actually throwing his changeup, which he really didn't throw that whole a whole lot last year. But if he, I mean, like, there's little things that if they all fall in place, he turns into a really valuable pitcher in a hurry. And I don't necessarily I mean it's not like he has been able to, he, he's he's been healthy except for the weird you know thoracic outlet you know syndrome thing that he had, and he is going late in games. You know he's getting more and more you know he's getting efficient more efficient even if it's at a slower rate than maybe I would be happy with. But I'm I mean I'm happy with I'm I'm happy with giving him a shot in the rotation until he pitches his way out of there. If he were in the if he were in the bullpen and he could just like uncork it every time he wants to, I mean that's a guy that's throwing upper nineties fastball with you know probably some really hard breaking stuff. So yeah, he would have value there, but it's not nearly it wouldn't be nearly as much overall value as him as a starter. And um, he hasn't done anything to pitch his way out of that, so I'm no I have no interest in you know putting him there until he he he, he can't he has proved he can't start. Yep, that's my. Uh, it's always been my uh, stance: is you know, let, let a guy start until he can't start, and he's not proven that he can't at this point in time. In fact, I mean, may not be the sexiest guy in the world, but if he's just the exact same pitcher he was last year, he's worth, you know, ten million dollars, and <laughs> he's a fifth starter that's better than average. And it is what it is. Um, all right, last one, and this is going to be pretty much all you because I, uh, you're a much more informed party on this particular question. But it comes from Glenn Turner, and he, he says, would you guys speculate on where our top ten prospects will start the season? I guess we could probably use our top ten list because that's what that's we should do. That's uh, the best one. Ronald Acuna yeah. is number one, and that's an interesting question. But I guess just run down and uh, give me your projections because I am going to defer to you on this one. Okay. Uh, you might need to look up the list because I was going to make sure. Cause <laughs> I've got it right here I, if you need it. Okay, yeah, uh, so Ronald Acuna, I, I would be shocked if he didn't start at Gwinnett for service time reasons. Uh, as you've seen in spring training, he is quite good at playing baseball. Uh, except, he is except for that one guy who doesn't like him. Oh, God. We're not doing this Moving today. We're, not, we're, 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 we're you're trolling me. Goodness gracious. Um, so he, uh, he'll, I would be shocked if he didn't start the year at Gwinnett just for service time reasons. And it's basically as soon as that he get the extra, that extra service time, that extra year of control, I expect him to be with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, after that, uh, we have Kyle Wright, yep. who I imagine will be a double A. That sounds right to me. Uh, but there's a, there's comes some vi- some variance there because he had very limited innings last year, and that mean where he starts ultimately doesn't matter very much because he's probably going to move quickly. Uh, he, and it might not even matter how great the initial results are. They just might want to give him some time and then move him up and then move him. And I imagine he'll end the year at Gwinnett, but. Uh, probably at Mississippi. I, I guess he could have a cup of coffee at, you know, with the with the Fire Frogs, and then you know move up quickly from there. But my guess is Mississippi. Uh, Mike Soroka will be at Triple A Gwinnett. Your boy. Uh, oh, fun fact: got got Miguel Cabrera looking on what was reported to be a ninety-seven mile an hour sinker. No uh, way. That's, yes. No uh, way. It was ninety-seven miles an hour. Okay, no and way. now 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 people were telling now, I I got this from a source that would know. I believe you. That and. It wasn't from the the stadium gun. Now stadium guns are like notoriously yes. hot or cold, and 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 they don't always stay consistent. But uh, now if he's if he's throwing ninety seven mile an hour sinkers with his with, with, with his with his command, his changeup and pitchability, good luck everybody in Triple A Gwinnett. Good luck in the International League because he's gonna be doing some work. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, he'll be at Triple A Gwinnett. Uh, number four, Johara. Uh, he'll be with the Atlanta Braves. Number five, Colby Allard. Uh, he'll be at Triple A Gwinnett. Um, 
you know, he has some, some questions to answer about some velocity stuff uh, that's kind of come out this offseason. The, the, there has been – whenever I was I, – I never put a radar gun on Colby. But my understanding was always he was kind of living into that like ninety to ninety two range. But it looks like some scouts had seen him kind 80s. of sitting more, yeah, in high high eighties. Which is, you know, is it a concern? Yes. Am I super concerned? No. But ask me again at midseason if he's still kind of bat- battling to get his velocity back up and kind of getting getting to having a above average to plus fastball. If then I'm more concerned. But ultimately, you know. For a guy who like had a career high in innings last year and is just getting warmed up this spring, I'm not super concerned about it. And it's not like Colby's looked bad against major league pitcher, major league hitters in the spring. He hasn't hasn't seemed overmatched at all. And he had a really good year at Mississippi, so I'm I'm, I'm not super concerned. But ask me at midseason whether or not that's going to be a greater concern and how he deals with the guys at AAA who are kind of seasoned hitters who know how to hit, you know. Average fastballs. That's that. That's I'm reserving judgment on that, but he'll be at Gwinnett. Yeah, I think I think real quick before we, go, before we keep going, Allard. It, it's a concern if he's going to if he has to live in the high eighties. But by the way, it, all that does is limit his ceiling. He could still be a major league pitcher in the in the high eighties because of the way that he can do everything else. Agreed. Uh, he, he really he has better control than he's given credit for. Right. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, number six, Austin Riley. Uh, I imagine he will start the year. He, he's a little bit tougher. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that the Braves really want to kind of give him a long look against season competition and have him close by. So I think Gwinnett, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was at Mississippi either because it's kind of it's close to home. And he really didn't. He wasn't at Mississippi very long. No, but he's looked really good this spring, and he looked really good in the Arizona Fall League. So giving him that extra time in the Arizona Fall League, plus kind of how he's looked this spring, I wouldn't be shocked if he was at Gwinnett. And that's that. I think that's where I would place my bet for the moment. I mean, you can't block him, so he's got to be close. Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, go. moving on before I get into a rant. Uh, number seven, Max Freed, which is a very interesting one on a number of levels. Um, you just have to bet as to whether or not he's going to make the Major League Club at all, and that's tough. Uh, I'm going to say he starts at Gwinnett just because I think that the rotation spots are going to come down to a couple other guys first. But I wouldn't be shocked if he got put in the Major League bullpen, and I, but I also wouldn't be shocked if like he was one of the first guys up from Gwinnett when they, they needed somebody either. So, you know, I'll say Gwinnett with little confidence, but it's I mean, obviously it's either going to be Gwinnett or Atlanta. So. Yeah, I think he uh, he will be in Gwinnett if Luis Johara is on the team early. That'd be my guess. But I yeah, that, that, yeah that, 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 I think that's a reasonable take. Uh, that's just a guess. That's complete, complete speculation. Uh, moving on, uh, Joey Wentz, number eight. Uh, I... I don't. The new regime is a little trickier in terms because I mean, last year we had saw Mike Soroka and Colby Howard get jumped to dump, jump to Mississippi, and Wentz is kind of coming off a very similar sort of year at Rome where he was really dominant and really good. Uh, I think it's far more likely he ends up on the Fire Frog zone, so that's where I'll I'll, I'll put him there for now. Uh, all right, uh, number nine, Christian Pache. Uh, he'll be on the Fire Frogs. I think they're going to move him kind of slow. Um, he's a, a really really good defender. He's he actually. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, and you don't, you don't want to be like a guy that has a questionable hit tool, like a, just run him out there to Mississippi and say good luck, kid. Uh, so I, he'll he'll be on he'll be on the Fire Frogs, but if he starts hitting, uh, I don't think the Braves are going to be wanting to pump the brakes on him too much because he's a really really good defender and has a lot of things going for him. If he's showing like a hit tool and power, more specifically, like any power at all in the Florida State League, makes you think that there's some there's really something there. Uh, and I could see them, you know, giving him giving him a bump to Mississippi after that. But I, I'm pretty sure I feel pretty confident that he'll be at Florida in Florida. 
And there you go. And uh, finally, number 10, the great Ian Anderson. Um, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he'll be at, be at Florida, even though they limited his innings at Rome. I, I'm kind of famously the guy that's a little lower on Ian. I know. Um, because I'm not, I'm just not, I'm just not convinced he was healthy last year. It's not a question of his sailing or anything like that. And if he's healthy next year, he's like, yeah, he's probably a top five prospect in the system. But I'm just not. He, when you limit a guy's innings that much, and there was like there was that many kind of like command issues, and he missed time, and he got kind of shut down early. I'm, I want to kind of see how he's doing. But at the same time, I think that the Braves are going to be comfortable enough with both how overall how talented he is and also like things like maturity and things like that play into this but i'm pretty sure he'll get sent to florida as well the oh, firehogs the firehogs are gonna be pretty good this year yeah it seems like it with all the all the guys we're already there and plus we haven't gotten into what is already a deep system and between you know 11 to 30 there's a lot of guys who will be interesting and that'll get oh yeah to. yeah that, i mean Gwin, i mean gwinnett's gonna be really good the firefrogs are gonna be good, they're really all gonna good. Be good. yeah it's, well, i mean they're all gonna be good but those those are the two big ones i think there you go. Uh, you would know uh, a lot better than I would, so I wanted to at least get that out there, and uh, people can uh, take what they will. I'm sure somebody somewhere has uh, will be grading you based on your projections. So uh, I, I I look forward to your hate. Now, if you have any complaints, me, make sure you direct those complaints to at BT Roland on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he he's also welcome to take all of your questions about why would the Braves should trade Ozzy Albies. Uh, they should <laughs> trade Ozzy Albies. They should yep. start Johan Camargo at shortstop opening day. Any, uh, any, anything about Jim Harbaugh or Michigan sports in general. Really, just make sure you direct those questions to Brad. He loves answering those. And Nate, Mar- and a, uh, and Nate, Mar- and Nate Markick is coming back in 2019. Yeah. On an extension. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Extend Nate Just Make sure you tweet that to Brad. All so. that fun stuff. Well, uh, Eric, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time as always. Please plug anything you'd like to. I know we're getting closer to the season. Yeah, um, we're, make sure you, uh, you're going to Talking Chop. We're going to be doing lots of coverage. There's I wouldn't say a lot of changes. It's more like more in-depth coverage, and we're trying to expand our coverage a bit. So just make sure you keep an eye on Talking Chop, both for the minor league side as well as the major league side. There's going to be a lot of uh, lot of interesting stuff coming up. Uh, I know there's like a season preview that's going to be coming up rel- relatively soon. Lots of original content from basically everybody. Everyone's kind of gearing up for the season and writing a lot of really cool stuff right now. We're going to start cranking up on Road to Atlanta again soon. I think the next episode we're going to do, which hopefully will happen in the next week, will be... Uh, about you know, previewing rosters once we kind of get into a few more cuts. I think is what our ultimate goal is like once a few more cuts start happening, we kind of get a sense as to where guys are going to end up going. Um, and but Road to Atlanta, the podcast that I co-host with Garav and Garrett, we're going to be cranking up and trying to and really trying to get more into a weekly routine with that one. Um, beyond that, you know, just keep just keep reading Talking Chop and keep keep supporting us because it's actually been kind of crazy that like. We've been doing this for as long as we have now, and there's still people that are willing to put up with us, and we really appreciate it. It's awesome, um, and this is going to be a really fun year because there's going to be a lot of really fun young players on the, the Braves as well as a really good farm system follow along too. So there's going to be lots of interesting things to talk about, and this is going to be a really interesting year, and we're going to have a lot of fun covering it. Yeah, absolutely. I echo all that for sure. Uh, please follow Eric on Twitter and follow all the minor league guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, they carry the water quite a bit in the offseason and then uh, even more so during the season because there's a lot of minor league games to recap. So I don't I don't envy you sometimes, but I appreciate well, your work. It is so much easier now. When, when my first year, it was Garrett and I. Oh, yeah. That was it. That was it. And if you can think about doing four minor league recaps a week, which is what I was doing, and for a big chunk of that, that's six games each one, I, that, that was pretty brutal. But now I'm pretty spoiled. I mean, I've got... 
you know, between Garrett and Matt Powers, Rob Vidak. Now we have uh, Aaron Houston. Uh, if you follow uh, Talking Chop, that's going to be that Sparhawk who is in the the, the in the comment section who is very active. He's wanting to help out on that. And there's other people that have been shown interest in helping out with minor league recaps and things like that. Uh, Doc Herbert just joined the the staff as well. He's he's interested in doing minor league recap stuff or stuff on the minor league side when when necessary. I mean, I'm really spoiled now. I mean, it's. There's a lot of people who there's a lot of people who want to write and are really good and self motivated. It's it's it it the it's definitely less. It feels less grindy now, and it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of different viewpoints. And ultimately, we kind of it helps. It just helps the overall end product because I don't think any one person has the monopoly on good ideas or good opinions. And if you're if you everyone comes in with an open mind and there's and with the same stated goal of coming up with the correct answer or at least something smart to say, then good things happen. So. Yep, absolutely, and uh, stay tuned for all of that. We'll have a new podcast next week uh, at some point. I'm not sure when it's going to be, probably in, this, in a normal slot, but you never can tell until the season gets going. Once the season gets going, we'll be uh, definitely more into the Sunday uh, night groove because that's just the time when the podcast makes sense. Uh, the, the Braves uh, often play games on Sunday afternoons, giving you time to be caught up and uh, a little bit of a longer window to catch the podcast in an updated fashion. So that's why we do what we do at this point in time, and I appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts or uh, follow us, uh, of course, at the site. We, every single post, every single podcast has a post of itself that I write up after I post the show, so check out as well. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Bye.